You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll recap BYU's win over UMass in football as the Cougars improved to 7-4 and four on the season and are at a five-game win streak into their matchup against San Diego State this week. We'll also preview a very tough matchup in the opening round of the Maui Gym Maui Invitational for the BYU men's basketball program as they take on UCLA in a late night affair tonight in the islands and of course catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news men's cross country national champions for the first time ever big congratulations to them we'll break that down for you as well as everything else going on in BYU sports news today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor Deseret First Credit Union Deseret First Credit Union is reminding you guys what is your focus what is your why have you whatever it might be have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save yourself some money and help fund that passion project refinancing your home doesn't have to be hard or take a lot of time and with rates still low now is a great time to refinance that mortgage and keep more money in your pocket with a no cost refinancing from Deseret First you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save yourself up to hundreds of dollars a month guys give DFCU a call and let them work with you whenever financial situation you find yourself in first time home buyers trying to find your dream home investment properties regardless of where you're at and whatever stage of life you're in the Deseret First Credit Union Mortgage Team can help you find the right loan for your financial situation. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. With that out of the way and our rundown out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for November 25th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast, all focused on BYU. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news, opinion, and insider information that you can't find anywhere else. I want to thank you guys once again for downloading the show and joining us. Please continue to share this podcast with your family and friends. If you're new to the podcast, welcome on in. We aim to be your BYU podcast that keeps you up to date on everything in bite-sized form, essentially. We go from anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes each day, and then we're then you're off to your next thing. So you can be easily digested in a commute, etc. You can listen to it real quick and always be up to date with everything going on in BYU sports. Let's start off with BYU football this morning as BYU absolutely crushes UMass. 56-24 to 24 on Saturday, and the game wasn't even that close. BYU rolled out in this game and absolutely took care of business like you all hoped that they would because UMass, I have to say, I felt like I watched one of the worst FBS programs in recent memory. Uh, BYU has had some epic wins over some dog teams over the years. Think back to the UTEP teams of the 1980s, etc. This one, UMass in particular, man, 
I, I feel for Walt Bell, the head coach at UMass. He has a lot of work cut out for him as he tries to rebuild that program. They've torn it down to the studs, uh, to use kind of the home remodeling term that a lot of people like to use when it comes to rebuilding football programs. And he's building from the ground up. I feel like UMass had a couple of players, guys like Isaiah Rogers, who did go off the field due to a, what appeared to be a serious injury. Sounds like post game that he was cleared by doctors after uh, being taken to the hospital via ambulance on a stretcher. And that's good to hear that he is all right. But BYU came out, and I think the one thing you can't take away from 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 them is that they set a program record. Speaking of BYU, actually two records, one team wide and one individual wise, uh, and that was that BYU. BYU scored a program record 42 points in the second quarter of this game, the most points ever scored in a quarter by a BYU football team. And you think back to some of the prolific offenses of the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, and BYU never once in those years, as far as I was aware, and it sounds like Gregor Bell and anybody else was aware, that BYU has put up 42 points in a quarter. This game was over midway through the second quarter. BYU rolls up 49 points in the first half, and away they go. Some of the takeaways I took from that, Zach Wilson, a lot of people bellyaching the week before. They didn't look sharp against Idaho State. Well, I think he got the rust kicked off, and he looked absolutely phenomenal versus UMass. Granted, like I said, the Minutemen, very very rough go of things, but Zach Wilson looked very sharp. I feel like the wide receivers and the running backs looked very good, especially considering it sounds like Sione Finau is done for the year after suffering a knee injury, an ACL injury that'll keep him out for the rest of the season. I felt like guys like Tyler Algier, who made the move back over to running back midweek to help cover for that, looked very good. And then my hat goes off to Jackson McChesney. That's one of my big takeaways from this game. The speedster from Lone Peak High School, a return missionary freshman who was going to redshirt this year, absolutely dominant in the second half of this game, racking up 228 total rushing yards on his own, a program freshman record. Just truly a phenomenal effort against a depleted UMass team, to be sure. But still cool to see a guy like Jackson McChesney show some of the speed and prowess that made BYU fans salivate and BYU coaches salivate when they saw him playing for Lone Peak a few years back. After he's home from his mission now, it looks like his mission legs are behind him. And here's hoping that going forward, he can be a big factor in BYU's run game. Another uh, issue that I took away from this game is BYU is a kicking conundrum on their hands. Jake Oldroyd was nails in the month of September. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. It looked like he was on his way to having a great season uh, back off a mission. He's been very solid punting. I I have to give him that. Punting-wise, Oldroyd's been nothing short of phenomenal as BYU's primary punter, but he went 10 of 11 to start the season on field goal attempts. Since that time, he's just 4 of 10, and he doinked one off the uprights right at the end of the half, which would have given BYU 45 points in the quarter, uh, four short of an NCAA record, but he doinks a 28-yard field goal off the upright, and I, I honestly think BYU needs to consider sitting him down, shutting him down as the kicker, keep him punting, but give Skyler Southam the kicking duties, because you can't have a kicker struggle like this when you have some upcoming games, like the game this week against San Diego State, which figures to be a very tough matchup, and have to worry about is he going to be able to make this kick from any distance because 28 yards by all means if you're a college kicker should be a chip shot and he doinked it off an upright so there's something mental going on it sounds like or at least it seems like not sounds like I haven't talked to anybody about this yet I'll see if I can find out some more about it but it sounds like 
Jake Oldroyd and BYU need to have a heart-to-heart chat and maybe consider the BYU coaching staff, Ed Lamb, and those involved with special teams, consider sitting down uh, Jake Oldroyd and giving Skylar Southam an opportunity to retake that job, but keep uh, Oldroyd engaged as your primary punter and your backup kicker. We'll see if that ultimately comes to pass, but I, I feel like they've got an absolute conundrum on their hands in that regard because they need to they need to figure what's going figure out what's going on with the kicking game because it could cost them here in the final two games of the season against San Diego State this week and potentially in the bowl game out there in Hawaii. One other note for you guys, uh, actually two more notes for you guys before we go here uh, from the BYU football game after rewatching the film. The reserves that BYU played in the second half on offense, the offensive line, Joe Critchlow, and etc., need some work. Plain and simple. And this game was over. There was no chance that UMass was going to pile up enough points to really seriously mount to uh, 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 rally. Excuse me against BYU. But you would have liked to seen BYU's offense under the direction of Joe Critchlow put up more than seven points in the second half, and they were unable to do so. So plenty of work to go on with BYU's reserves. I thought that the reps they got in the second half of this game were valuable. I know that uh, UMass is not a good team, but they played their starters the entire way, and that obviously contributed to BYU struggling a little bit with the reserves in the game. But it was good to see those guys get an opportunity to play against live-action first-team players and show, okay, you've been practicing against our guys. Here's what a real game against first string players is like. This is, And now the coaching staff can go back to those players and say, here's where you need to learn. Here's where you need to pick things up, etc. So I thought that was very, very valuable experience for the Cougars. And hopefully it pays dividends down the road with some of these reserves if they're called upon to step up in a critical moment. Final note for me on this was I am glad the UMass series is in the rearview mirror. I'm not going to say that BYU shouldn't reschedule a series against UMass, but if they do so, at minimum, it's a two-for-one. And if you have that road game at UMass, guess what, BYU? Right into that contract that you control the TV rights, UMass doesn't. Or have something where you get to simulcast the game. The flow football fiasco, I know that Fubo TV came through in the clutch for a lot of people with a seven-day free trial. You could put in the zip code that you lived in Massachusetts, and it worked to catch it on New England Sports Network. But the TV fiasco this game became... Not worth the headache, honestly. It is not. And if BYU ever plays UMass again, you write it into the contract that the road game, whenever it is, or road games, whenever they are against the Minutemen, you ex- you get, make sure there's a provision that BYU TV or ESPN, who is BYU's broadcast partner, are going to be able to simulcast at minimum this game, if not outright control the rights to this game. You can't have this fiasco again. Flow football played hardball with BYU. I think the Cougars, they won't hold it against UMass to a large degree. They'll hold it against Flow Sports for sure. And you can guarantee that there will be some hard discussions coming up if BYU does want to renew a contract with the Minutemen as a fellow independent down the road a bit here. So I'm glad to see the series in in the rearview mirror. Wasn't a great series, period. I don't know why BYU ever agreed to a two-for-two, but alas, it is what it is. BYU gets the win, and they move on now 7-4 and and get ready for what should be a stingy, stingy game, a tough game against San Diego State this week. We'll preview that for you a little bit later on here in the week, but wanted to share some of my takeaways from BYU's win over UMass. All right, we'll switch gears, talk BYU basketball here in a moment. BYU facing off against UCLA in the Maui Maui Gym, Maui Invitational. It's a great name. Out there at the Lahaina Civic Center on the island of Maui. 
Maui in the state of Hawaii. We'll preview that game here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care from for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. If you can't visit Roman right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, guys, let's talk some BYU basketball here. The Cougars open up action in the Maui Gym Maui Invitational tonight at 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. That is 6.30 p.m. local time there in Maui uh, as they take on the UCLA Bruins in their first-round matchup of the Maui Invitational. And I'm not going to lie, I'm terrified of this game. I'll get that out of the way right off the top here because UCLA has every bit the athleticism, height, length, whatever you want to do to make BYU's life miserable in tonight's game. Uh, BYU comes off of a loss to Boise State last Wednesday as they get ready for this game tonight. And I'm not going to lie, what Boise State did to BYU, beating them, uh, beating them up on the interior, breaking them down with the dribble on the perimeter and getting into the lane, etc. Well, if Boise State can do that, you can guarantee that Mick Cronin's team, speaking of the UCLA Bruins, will aim to do that. I'm terrified of Jalen Hill, a six foot ten, 200 40 pound athlete leading B, leading UCLA in scoring so far this season with an average of 15.2 points per game. He's also averaging nine rebounds a game and he has got all of the size to just absolutely dominate this game. A guy that I think is going to be a problem for BYU to defend because if you're speaking of BYU, they're not very big on the interior. We're just spinning back a record we've played multiple times over again as this season begins. Uh, you won't have Yoli Childs available during this run at the Maui Invitational. He is continuing to serve his nine-game suspension uh, for uh, his NCAA violations or alleged NCAA paperwork snafu. But uh, regardless... A game like this tonight is absolutely terrifying to me. So Jalen Hill is going to be a problem for BYU to stop on the interior. You're going to have to be very careful with guys like Colby Lee to keep them out of foul trouble, even though I can guarantee that Mick Cronin and UCLA are going to go right at guys like a Colby Lee and get him onto the bench early as possible. Uh, Chris Smith, also a fantastic player on the perimeter, along with Prince Ali. Uh, Chris Smith averaging 14.8 points per game, while Ali's averaging 11 points. And then Cody Riley, the front court mate of Jalen Hill, averaging 10 points per game. And I'm, I'm telling you, I just look at this game, and I feel like BYU is going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, Mick Cronin's teams are notorious during his time at Cincinnati for being absolute grinders. They made your life miserable on the defensive end, but also had guys who could score buckets and bunches. This is a tough game for the Cougars, plain and simple. And obviously, it's not the end of the world if you lose to a team like UCLA, who's off to a 4-1 and start. They open the season with four straight wins, including a win over Southern Utah, who BYU also beat in Provo. Uh, Southern Utah was participating in the Maui on the mainland event, uh, facing off against BYU and UCLA. But the latest uh, for UCLA is a loss against Hofstra, 88-78, to as they got ready to come over to Maui to take on the Cougars. And and 
it's going to be a tough game, plain and simple, for the Cougars tonight. If they want to win this game, you've got to go back to the game plan you had against Houston, and you've got to be torching it from three-point stripe. You can't have a 25% first-half shooting night against UCLA like you did against Boise State and expect to be in the game unless UCLA is just suffering a horrific shooting night of their own. UCLA is a very talented team. I know they've underachieved in recent years relative to what they can do normally. We've seen them win national titles. They've been an elite program during their history at multiple points, none more so than during the John Wooden era way back when, but this is a program who's got plenty of talent and you've got guys, bit players on this roster who are four-star guys like Sharif O'Neal, the son of Shaquille O'Neal. He's barely playing, it feels like, eight minutes a game, I think is what his average is, averaging just a shade under two points per game. He's a good player in his own right and he can't even sniff the court, it feels like, for the Bruins. So very tough game coming up for the Cougars. Uh, We'll see what they do tonight, but if they want to win this game, this is what I think they need to do. They need to protect Kobe Lee at all costs. You need him on the court because I'll be honest, Kobe Lee, Mark Pope preached it during the preseason and also getting ready early on in the season that Kobe Lee was going to be a big factor on offense. And he's proven to be quite an adept player despite his physical limitations. I've really liked what I've seen from him. I I use the analogy of Nikola Jokic that I think he should emulate that game. Well, guess what? Mark Pope brought it up when he was asked about it last week during media availability. And I think it's a very apt comparison. Granted that Nikola Jokic is on a different level as an NBA All-Star versus is Kobe Lee playing center for BYU. But it's the type of game that Kobe Lee should model his game after, and I think he's on his way to doing that. But tonight, he has got to be extremely careful to not get in foul trouble early in this game and see himself sitting on the bench for a long stretch here because BYU can't afford that, honestly. They've got to have Kobe Lee on the field to slow down the interior game of UCLA. Guys like Jalen Hill, Cody Riley, and even if Sharif O'Neal and Alec Olasinski come off the bench, you've got to be able to defend these guys. And Dalton Nixon can't do it on his own. And I don't feel like guys like uh, Connor Harding, Evan Troy any of those guys on the roster for BYU who have been called upon to kind of fill in as spot duty at the forward spots are capable of slowing these guys down without getting into foul trouble themselves. So key number one for BYU tonight, protect Kobe Lee at all costs. If he has to let a guy go by him for a layup, so be it. Don't take the cheap fouls there and find yourself on the bench maybe two minutes into this game and having to sit for 18 minutes of the first half because BYU, I'm telling you, if they have Kobe Lee on the bench for a long stretch tonight, it's going to be a long night for the Cougars. Second key, you need to shoot at 40% or better throughout this game. There can be no scoring lulls for the Cougars in this game if they want to win, and they've got to be connecting from three-point land. I know that Maui is a different environment, obviously, more humid air. It's at sea level, etc. So hopefully BYU's got their legs underneath them. They made the trip to the islands late last week, so they should have been there for plenty of time to get adjusted to the time change, etc. But they need to shoot at a high clip tonight if they want to win this game. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do in that regard in terms of just shooting and avoiding scoring droughts in this game because you can't, just can't have that. Last thing for me on this is you can't have the late game boneheaded mistakes BYU was showing against Houston and against Boise State. Cougars got away with it in Houston with a big win there over the Cougars. They did not get away with it against Boise State in overtime. You cannot have the late game issues that they've had of late for the Cougars if they want to win this game should they find themselves in a tight one. 
I'm hopeful BYU can go pull off a shocker, another big win over UCLA. It wouldn't necessarily be quite as big as the win over Houston, but UCLA is a name program off to a decent start this year, and it'll be a big win for BYU to start things off in the islands with a win over the Bruins. Best of luck to Mark Pope and his team, but they've got a lot of work cut out for him in tonight's game. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports here in just a moment. A big win or a big national championship, I should say, for men's cross country. We'll talk about that as well as BYU women's soccer moving on in the NCAA tournament. A lot to recap. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to talk to you guys today about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local company based in Utah County, and they service all of the Wasatch Front, regardless of where you live, even out in the Tooele and Wasatch counties. If you need pest control services, give All Guard Pest Control a call. Seth Baird and his team are big BYU fans, and they're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network as one of our big sponsors here on the show. We love having them on board. They offer two unique services to their platform. One is a quarterly pest control program where All Guard will come out every three months, make sure that your barrier, your home is set up, that it protects you from the creepy crawly things trying to get into your home. You have that peace of mind knowing that you're not going to have anything crawling around that you don't want in your home. They also offer one-time services. They're not going to make you sign a long-term contract for multiple quote-unquote follow-up treatments if it's just a one-time deal. They'll come out, take care of you, and they'll move on and leave you alone. That's what I love about All Guard Pest Control. They'll customize their services to fit your needs. They use the safest products in the industry. Their online reviews are absolutely incredible. Five-star reviews up and down on Google and every other associated site. You can go read about that. Give Seth and his team a try. Call them, All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or go to allguardpestcontrols.com to learn more about this company. They also are the termite experts in Utah County and the Wasatch Front, so if you have those issues, they can help you out as well. Once again, give All Guard Pest Control a call. Let them know that Locked On Cougars and J-Catch sent you when you do. When you call them at 801-851-1812 or go to allguardpestcontrols.com. All right, guys, BYU men's cross country won their first national championship in program history with their victory at the Laverne Gibson Championship course on Saturday. A huge congratulations to Ed Eyestone and his team. BYU slayed the dragon that has been Northern Arizona. They've been a thorn in their sides, kind of blocking BYU from achieving national glory for the last two or three years. It was awesome to see BYU go out and take an early early lead in this race with their runners running ahead of the pack by and large for the most part and then just staying on top of it. Northern Arizona came in, come in, came in second in this, in this meet, but big congratulations, none more so than to Ed Eyestone. It's fantastic to see a guy like that who has built his team through some stellar recruiting to win a national title finally for the first time in program history. Also, big congratulations to the women's team team. Uh, They finished second in the national championship after their seventh place finish a year ago. The men's team finished second a year ago there in Terre Haute, Indiana. Ed Eyestone, one note on this, he became the first person in NCAA men's cross-country history to win an individual national title as a runner, which he ran in 1984, and then coach a team to win a championship. And I mentioned it's the first national NCAA championship won by a team since the men's volleyball team won the 2004 NCAA tournament. So a 15-year title drought for the men's 
sports programs at BYU is snapped Saturday in Terre Haute, Indiana. And big congratulations once again to the men's cross-country team, your reigning national champions for the 2019 cross-country season. That is a fantastic, fantastic showing by the men's team. And also a big congratulations on the women's side of things. That's awesome to see the women's team finish second. Both of these programs should be expected to be in the national title conversation once again next year. On to women's soccer. They have advanced to the Elite Eight, the NCAA quarterfinals, after shutting down North Carolina State 3-0. BYU now has a 70, a plus 70 goal differential on the season. According to Gregor Bell, this is the third NC third BYU soccer team to score over 80 goals on the season. They're absolutely rolling. They're 21-0-1 as they get ready to head to Stanford to face national overall number one seed, the Cardinal, off to a very good start this season in their own right. But BYU is absolutely uh, going to make Stanford work for this as they head to Palo Alto uh, to face off against the Cardinal this Friday. I think BYU's got an opportunity here, guys. If they get past Stanford, I would venture to say that BYU is the odds-on favorite to win a national title, and that would be awesome to see for Jennifer Rockwood and her team. They have been stellar in recent seasons, and this season more so than ever. They've just been absolutely incredible. It's the first time in the quarterfinals for BYU. A third time since 2012. Uh, sorry, I screwed all that up. It is the first time in the quarterfinals for in the NCAA tournament for BYU since 2012. The third time total in program history. And a big-time showdown coming against uh, Stanford this coming Friday as BYU tries to advance and make it to the Final Four. And it would be awesome to see. Stanford's no no joke, I can tell you guys that much, but a big opportunity awaits BYU women's vo- uh, volleyball as they get ready for that match. One final note for you from the, actually two final notes for for you from this weekend. Number 13 women's volleyball beated West Coast Conference Fogan Zaga in four sets, 21-25, 25-9, 25-20, 25-16 on Saturday at the Smith Fieldhouse. Congratulations as the number 13 Cougars roll on. They're back at home tomorrow for senior day on Tuesday, November 26th at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, they'll play that on ESPNU, so it should be a big opportunity for for BYU to celebrate their seniors. Some fantastic players like Mary Lake playing their final games at home in a BYU uniform. And best of luck to them as they get ready for that. One final note for you is a congratulations to Josue Dominguez of the men's and women's swimming and diving team. He broke the longest standing BYU swim record in the 200-yard breaststroke. That's a 21-year-old record on the final day of the Mizzou invite on Friday. Congratulations to him. Dominguez bumped himself from number two to number one in the record books with a time of 1 minute 55.97 seconds. Like I said, breaking a record that stood for 21 years in the BYU record books. The men's and women's swimming and diving teams will compete in the Winter Nationals on December 5th through the 7th in Macaulay Aquatic Center in Atlanta, Georgia. The dive team is back in action December 6th and 7th as they take on the University of Utah at the Ute Natatorium up in Salt Lake City. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. Of course, we are brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, our good friends at Roman, as well as All Guard Pest Control. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to hear from you guys, your thoughts, your concerns, your comments, whatever you've got for us. Drop us a note there, or if you prefer to email us, please do so at LockedOnBYU at gmail. 
gmail.com. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you've got questions, like I said, anything you've got, if you'd like to be a sponsor, whatever it is, send us a note, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow as we recap the final regular season press conference of the year with Kalani Sitake. A lot to get to, and of course, recapping how former Cougars and the pros did as well. Have a great rest of your Monday. This has been Locked On Cougars for November 25th, 2019.